Hey guys, this is Bruce, and welcome to Convo Courses. Every week, I do this and um, talking about about cybersecurity from a GRC perspective. Um, I'm an insider. I've been doing cybersecurity for a very long time, and uh, normally I do this at one Mountain Standard Time, but I had some business to do, and as promised, I'll, I'm back. But um, I'm a bit late because I had some stuff I had to take care of. Uh, what I wanted to talk about is uh, what I do. Um, when I first got into cybersecurity, um, IT, I just did it because it was cool. It was fun. It was amazing. Like it was, it, it's like magic to me. You know, it's just it's so amazing how it all works together and stuff. And uh, as I've gotten older, it's just become a job. Not, I'm not saying that that's bad or anything. It just is what it is. You know, I've been doing it a very long time. And now it's to the point where I got to think about, okay, where am I going with this? What, What's the end goal? What where do, what do I want to accomplish at the end of the road? Like when this, this is all said and done, what, what do I want to leave with my, to my family? What, how, when am I going to stop? <laughs> so I've been thinking about that for quite some time, not just thinking about it, but doing something about it. And what I've been doing is, using the income, my salary, my high salary to build passive income streams. And there's many, many things you can do for passive income. Um, I just started doing something that worked for me and something that was more in my lane, which is like uh, publishing and, um, and, and real estate. So those are the things that I mainly focus on with my income. And it's just... I guess I wanted to talk about it because it's important to think about like where do you want to go with this? When, bef like, if you're trying to get into cybersecurity, if you're trying to get, if, if you just started IT or you want to get into it, you're a college student, you're you're in high school, whatever the case may be, and you're thinking, man, you know, IT is cool, or I want to do it. it it's a lot of jobs; they get paid a lot of money. It's, it's job security, blah blah blah. At some point. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but at some point in your career, you're going to have to think about where do I want this to go? What's the end goal? Am I just going to work a nine to five until I, you know, retire? Uh, what am I trying to do with this? And so that's what I've had to think about for the last last 10 years. I'm not just thinking about it, but doing something about it. So I just started trying different businesses. I would use some of the income that I have to try different things. And some of them worked and some of them didn't work. Sometimes it worked, but it wasn't for me, you know. But the thing is, you got to keep trying and failing. Just fail forward. Keep on trying different things. Um, what's amazing is the people I've met. I've met some really amazing people uh, who've done it all kinds of ways, all kinds of creative ways to, to get out of the rat race, meaning get out of the struggle. Like they don't struggle anymore with finances. They don't struggle with the treadmill of capitalism. They've mastered it. They have, they have mastered it. And all the people who have mastered it all have passive income streams, I've noticed. Um, they don't have to have a job. You know, um, and I've met people. I've met people who did it with real estate in different ways. 
um, by either flipping houses or doing Airbnbs or doing um, doing tax liens, uh, just doing rentals, regular rentals. I've met people doing property management. So there's many, many ways to do just real estate. And then I've met people who uh, who who did uh, what do you call them El um, homes for the elderly. Uh, I met people who who just saved and put away a bunch of money in stocks and are are going to be wealthy that way or are wealthy that way. I've met some people who did a combination of those things. Um, I've met just all kinds of people who did it who did it their way. They they were creative. One thing they all have in common is they have enough they have enough income to where they don't have to work a nine to five anymore if they don't want to. Some of them they they still work a nine to five because they're still like building a nest egg. Um, and some of them they have like a business and they like working that business. They like actually being there and working the business and all that kind of stuff. So seeing that these people kind of became like mentors to me. I would follow what they did. I would I would ask them questions about what how did they do it? What uh, what what did they do? And all of them um, had to invest their own money or time to get to a point where uh, to get to a point where they their their time was so valuable that they that they didn't. It was more valuable for them to spend money, uh, spend time on their job and their business than their time at their job. Right. So that's one thing I've noticed about a lot of them. And uh, I it's just something you should think about, like. And, and another thing is one of the reasons why you should consider doing I.T. and cybersecurity and, and progressing is that once you get to a certain income level. Uh, you Obviously, your life changes. But one thing that happens is you have this surplus of income and you you got to think about what you want to do with it. You have this little bit. It could be like an extra thousand. You're like all your bills are paid. You know, you, you your groceries are done like you. You've, you're good. Right. Uh, you, you, you could probably even loan people money or whatever. Give people money, whatever. But you still have this extra cash. And so you got to think about, okay, what do I want to do with this money? And I would suggest um, that you invest it in, uh, in some kind of passive method of passive income. It doesn't have to be what I'm doing. Uh, it should be something that you find um, that works for you. And so that, that is a great reason to get into IT and cybersecurity because it's, it's a high paying job. It's they're always going to need somebody doing it i know there's these all these fears about um llms and um artificial intelligence and all that kind of stuff but i i would say that it's it's going to be more of a threat to not know it uh than to think it's going to just take all jobs um there's there's still i don't think it's going to take all jobs um i think that's um hyperbole i think it's just we don't really know what's going to happen with it right we one thing for sure that we know is it's going to change humanity that that's for sure that's probably more scary i'm surprised more people don't talk about that 
what's more scary about AI is it's going to change us just like this phone did, just like just like the Internet did. It's changed us like we're no longer the same. We're not the same species that we were 100 before the Internet. We're not the same. We, we're rapidly changing into something else. And I don't know what the hell that is, but we are not the same species that we were, were before. And and AI is going to speed up that process. We are going to be different. Like and people keep talking about jobs. We have way more stuff to worry about than jobs. <laughs> we way more stuff to worry about than jobs. It's going to change us fundamentally as a species. Um, and I don't know where that leads us to, but jobs is the least of our worries. That said, <laughs> while we still uh, have this thing going on, get into IT, get into cybersecurity. Um, it, you'll have all this extra income and it allows you to have a, a more freedom to build something that you for yourself and for your family. I'm somebody who comes from very humble beginnings. Like I came from nothing. Um, and I could tell you there's different stages and levels to this. When I first started out, like as a kid, we're struggling to survive. And so you're not thinking about necessarily it's not real to you. A hundred thousand dollars a year is not year is not real. When you when you're struggling poor, it just it's delusional. I didn't know anybody who made a hundred thousand, or maybe I did, but I didn't know that they made a hundred thousand. I didn't have any friends that I knew made a hundred thousand. It wasn't real, so it just didn't seem real at that level. It didn't seem real. Um, and then once you start, when I once I started making my own income, I started meeting my network changed. I started meeting other people who are also doing their own thing, other young people who are also doing their own thing, living their own life, doing their own thing. And I start running with that crowd. Um, and then I started meeting older heads who are already doing real estate and business and stuff. They were talking a lot about it. And I'd be like, hmm, what is, what is, what's this you're talking about? This is while I was still in the military. I got out of the military and I thought when I got out, that I was going to get a corporate job, make like 80 and and be cool and then just retire with that one corporation. Little did I know that corporations don't give, don't care so much about humans. They care about the bottom line. They care about their, their money. So they're not really trying to take care of people. You know, I was maybe 50 years ago they used to do that, <laughs> but that's that's no longer the case. So, and I, I'm not trying to discourage you from, be, from going to a company. Yeah, by all means, do it. But just realize it's a stepping stone. And that's what I that's what I realized is that it, you're not going to stick with one company. Um, not anymore. Maybe, maybe, like I said, maybe 50 years ago. It's, it's just very different now. And um, I got into the corporate world. Was, I think the thing that turned my mind, that turned me around with corporations, that made, the thing that made me um, not lose hope, but think of them differently and see the reality of what was really going on is it one time my my wife at the time got really sick um she had like a pulmonary embolism or something like in her leg i mean she had like something in her leg like she had to go to uh the doctor she was out in the hospital for like three days and i asked i had just gotten hired and i asked the company i said you know is it okay if I, I just bought a house, you know, we just moved in and we had a little baby and I said, Hey, I know you guys just hired me, but 
can I get three days off because I need to take care of my kid? I don't have anybody here. I just moved to the state. And they were like, well, that's the, we can't do it. It's against company policy. And it was some kind of politics that they were playing. My, my immediate supervisor basically wouldn't allow me to do it. It's just weird. And I'm just like, what? And it just dawned on me. These people do not give a damn about me. They really don't care. And I was like, well, why should I care about them? If they don't care about me or my family, then why what, what, Why am I sacrificing? I'll do anything for these guys. I'm like, so I'm a fool. <laughs> and uh, after that, you know, it just, I just realized, man, I got to do something else. I'm not going to quit my job, but I got to figure something else out. Because if this is how it's going to be, um, I got to do something else, right? Because I'm in the military. Military take care of you. Military, like you have a brotherhood. You have... You have, if you stay with the military, they're gonna you you stay twenty years. They're gonna give you retirement. It's not like that on the outside, and I it just it was a hard lesson to learn. And I say, okay, you know what? What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start a business. That was the first time I was like, I'm gonna start a business. And um, the first business I did, this now this is crazy. First thing I did was blog. I made a blog. And um, it was back when blog could make a blog could make money. I mean, could still could, but this was like right the early stages of blogs, where blogs were brand new and people were making all this money off of blogs. And I started this blog, and it got pretty popular. But now, before it got popular, I remember I made ten cents, and I was super excited. <laughs> I was like, I made ten cents, you know, after writing a few articles or whatever. And the only reason I was happy is because I realized if I could make ten cents. I can make a dollar. If I can make a dollar, I can make $10. If I can make $10, I can make $100 a day. If I can make $100 a day, you know what I mean? And that was true. What happened was the blog got really popular and it ended up landing me my first $100,000 job and allowed me to publish my first, uh, the first thing I published was like for, a, it was like a pamphlet uh, for this company. And uh, they had me go around the world and teach teach from this pamphlet that I wrote, and I made a little over a hundred thousand for the first time. So that blog, and one time, like I I, I got went I wrote an article went viral. I was making like a hundred dollars a day for a while, which was at the time was crazy. And um, I don't know, I just it opened my eyes up. Like you, you never know like what's gonna what's going to work. So you should just try different things, you know, and I've tried a lot of stuff, man. I've tried stuff that absolutely did not work, <laughs> but I've tried things that actually really did work. And um, that's what you got to do. You know, just try different things. All right. I got some questions here. Thank you guys for watching. I appreciate it. Um, kind of a different flow right now. I just wanted to make you have you guys think a little bit bigger, like especially if this is your goals, if you're trying to do IT, if you're, if this is, what you're trying to do, like start thinking about your future, what you want for your family far in the future and what, what you can do. Um, somebody asked me or said, would you recommend starting at a big tech company or a small non-tech with high with higher pay long term? Um, think of it differently. What you want, the ideal job is one where you have a little bit of extra time. Like they're not, what do I mean by that? So what I'm trying to say is you, I would take a little less pay 
to have a little bit more, uh, a less stress personally. Um, but you could also go for high pay that will allow you to take some of that pay and re either reinvest it into a 401k, buy stocks, uh, buy bonds if that's what you're into, um, play around with, with um, swing trading if that's what you're into. Try try different things. You could use if you make a if you go to a big company and they pay you a whole bunch of money, um, or a small company and they pay you a whole bunch of money, use some of that money to invest it in. Try things, real estate, try stocks, try business, try different things. Use it as a stepping stone. Um, use it as far as which one would I try? You said non-technical with higher pay. Um, or big tech. Um, you, from I'm just going to tell you from my experience, smaller companies are more, there's more like a person to person feeling with smaller companies. I'm, I've worked from for literally like a two man company um, all the way up to multi billion dollar companies and international multi billion dollar companies. Uh, and for the government. And I could tell you some of the best experiences I had with was was with smaller companies. And maybe this is just this is anecdotal, like maybe it's just my experience and maybe it's different for everybody. But in all the small companies I worked for, it was more one on one. It was the, I was a person. I wasn't just a number at the large companies. I was just a number. Or I might have had a real good team and everything. But the, at the end of the day, they could re, they could replace you in a heartbeat, you know, and uh, they don't because of that, they don't really value the person as much as they used to. But smaller companies, they really took their time to develop each person. And I really miss that that feeling of of being on this team. And that said, when you're in a small company, it's kind of like you're in a big ocean being kind of rocked with, by all the market uh, by the market that's happening, you know, whereas when you're in a big ass company, it's like you're on a an ocean liner and and the economy is rocking, but the boat is just going like this. You know, it's just kind of wavering a bit. And you're not being tossed on the sea by the economy or whatever's happening, market forces or whatever. Um, so there's trade-offs for different things. It, at the end of the day, it depends on what you want to do. Just think long term, like think big. Think think your entire lifespan and what you want for yourself and for your kids and for your kids' kids. What when it when it's all said and done, when you are nothing more than a memory, you want to have a look back and, and create some sort of legacy. What did you this is one stepping stone uh, in a long line of steps you're going to take. So just think of it. Think big is what I would say to make your decision. Right. And that way, when you do make a decision, it'll mean something. It'll be one step in the right direction that you're going. So I hope I hope that helps. I'm just telling you my experience with small companies and big companies and all that kind of stuff. Um, you could if you went for the big money, right? Non-tech big money, you can use that money to invest it and do kind of do what you want. And the big companies got a little bit more of what feels like security. Um, and maybe you have a little bit more time on your hands to mess around, and you could use that time to tinker and, and mess with something else. Probably the money is what I would take, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, let me see. 40 Rock says, uh, 4 Rock says, um, is IT cybersecurity still hiring? I have three years of technical support and two years of SQL development. I 
been unemployed since November and I cannot get a help desk position. Open open up what you what you're willing to take. Um for for rock um what I would recommend is um possibly going back into SQL development, be open to that, be open to technical support. Um lean on your skills. Um a lot of times I'll give you an example. Uh, one time there was a time when I <laughs> I was really wanting to get um, into more technical stuff. And I did. I actually landed a job in a technical position as a field technician. And I took a, I didn't know it at the time, but I took a huge pay cut because my specialty was in cybersecurity. I just didn't want to do it anymore. I just didn't want to do policies and all that kind of stuff anymore. I just didn't want to do it. So I was like, man, I want to I want to do more hardcore stuff. And I found a job. But I took like a, I don't know, 45% pay cut. I mean, it was a lot, man. I, I had no idea. Um, if I could go back, you know, I realized my mistake was that I didn't lean on my, I didn't lean on my strengths. Lean on your strengths. Like your strengths are, you said, two years of SQL development. Not a lot of people know SQL, bro. Like that's a special skill, right? And all the things that come with it. I guarantee you, you're not tapping into um all of the skill sets that you have with SQL. SQL is very special, very special, because that means you could work in, and correct me if I'm wrong, but with SQL, you can work in several different database environments because most, many of the largest databases, relational databases and um, object-oriented databases to use some sort of SQL. MySQL, um, Oracle, right? Um, they use some sort of SQL. So lean heavily on your SQL experience. What you could do to see what what types of keywords uh, to put in your resume so I can so you can quote unquote lean into your strengths is look at other people's resume. Go to LinkedIn. Go to LinkedIn right now. If you happen to be watching me, go to go to LinkedIn and type in SQL development. And then don't look at jobs just yet, right? That'll come next. What you want to do first is look at other people's resumes. Look who comes up on there and look at their resumes. Not all people put their entire resume out there or profile rather, but some people do. Look at their profile. Check out their profile and see what they're putting, what keywords. I guarantee you a lot of the stuff that they're doing, that they're the keywords, that the key phrases that they use are referring to skills and things that you have done in your two years with SQL development. Put that shit on your resume. Put it on your resume. Um, because don't just aim for a help desk job. Broaden your horizon. That's what I'm trying to tell you to do. Um, and, and these... These guys on here who are have IT experience, they'll tell you, man, listen, a lot of these guys are looking for your skill set. Um, Mike chimed in. He says, um, some of these firms, non-tech, you are, you're just a number. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, my man Mike is talking to you. Let me see who else is out here talking. Um <laughs> TikTok is crazy. Um, is it necessary to do? Is it necessary to do help desk before jumping into cybersecurity and that analyst? 
Um, not necessarily help desk, but like a tier, um, a a tier one type position. I mean, um, let me see if I can explain it better. A the the first point of contact for fixing technical problems. It's not always called help desk. Sometimes it's called um, customers, technical customer support, technical support, field technician. There's different names for it, but they're normally the first person that you call, you talk to. Uh, the, they're normally the first person you talk to when you have some kind of a problem with your internet, with your with the computer. Um, it's not always just help desk. We kind of use that as a blanket term um, because that's that's probably the most known term for that first tier person that you talk to. Um, but you get the idea. So I would say it's best. You don't absolutely have to. Like I've seen people who were cybersecurity analysts who did not have a solid help desk background. But the best people started from the bottom, worked their way up. They were field technicians and then help they were help desk or field technician or customer support, something like that. And then they kind of graduated to this other level. I've seen people who skip rungs, like people who are just thrown right into system, system and uh, administrators um creating accounts and things like that and then they were working with server problems or updating servers and stuff and they never really touched the help desk per se i've seen people who went directly in the networking straight out of basic training went to you know went went to some technical school and then went straight to that or um went straight from college to do that or or they had some sort of background networking did network junior network analyst uh network administrator and then went to something else cyber security analyst or forensics or whatever they went they did something else so it's not absolutely necessary but let me explain a little bit about cyber security analysts that's one of the skill sets that i've had of something i've done in the past um a, a cyber security analyst um when when I was doing it, was somebody who was they were monitoring. They were doing a lot of of monitoring of the network. We were monitoring the network using tools like Seam, which is a security information event manager uh, that looked at all the logs going on the network. We would look at uh, we had. IPS, IDS, which is intrusion detection or intrusion prevention systems that we would have to know how to block certain ports or whatever, um, certain certain source IPs. Um, we have to know different types of attacks. We were we were looking at the network, right, and determining if we were being attacked or if there was some kind of a threat that was on the network. That was our job as a cybersecurity, and we were analyzing the network. And then sometimes we'd have to escalate it to the incident response team, or we'd have to um, do something like that. So that said, think about it. A cybersecurity analyst has to know quite a bit about how the network works, like how networking itself works. Um, because they're, they're looking at logs 
over the network. And you have to know how uh, TCP IP works and all that kind of stuff because you're looking, sometimes you're looking at packets going across the network. And sometimes we even break open packets to look at what was going on, right? Um, so you have to know a bit about network engineer, like how networks work. You have to know uh, the difference between a server and a workstation and how they work together. You have to know, you have to have the basics nailed down. You know, you have to know what ports are, like at least like common ports and how they work, how they can be exploited. So you kind of have to know like two or three different things and start linking them together for cybersecurity analyst work. It it, um, it takes very talented people to be good at it. I and I'm not saying I was good at it. I wasn't. I was just an I was just an, a newcomer. I was a new guy who was fascinated by it. You know, and I I could. I was I could get along I could get around you know but I wasn't like one of the more skilled guys on the team <laughs> you know I was I was learning stuff but um, what I'm getting at is you you have to have the the basics nailed down in order to do a job like cybersecurity analyst work right um, I'm not saying you have to be a master at it or some kind of you know brilliant uh, person at it but you even to do the basics you have to have some basic uh, skills, uh, basic like help desk type skills down, first tier uh, skills down. Um, somebody said, bro, where do I start? Start where you are. Um, consider your industry. What if you happen to be from from student zero to hero? If you're a student, you can start right now. If you're in some sort of industry already, like you're in the healthcare industry, you're in the pharmaceutical industry, you're in the um, retail industry, you're in, you name it, restaurant, and all of them use IT. You can start where you are. If you're a student, uh, you're in a special position because um, now if you're a high schooler, shoot, they, they have clubs that you can start right now. Start doing computer, start learning computer stuff right now um start fixing people's computers right now start coding right now um there's things you can do right now as a high schooler to to do the hell i know people who um who got a comp started getting cybersecurity certifications in high school um just to get get the knowledge now um and to build themselves up to go to a vocational school or to go to a community college or a college university or whatever to build up their skills um, or hell, start your own business doing fixing people's computers. You know, you can get that good at it. And then that stuff you can put on a resume or just keep building, scaling your own business um, from high school. Um, college, this, I mean, college is a huge pivot point because in college, like you don't have to wait to get your degree. You don't have to wait. Like you shouldn't wait. Start being a working student right away. Uh, if you're on campus, see if you can help them out, help help out the campus to figure out what uh, vulnerabilities they have. See if there's a working student program. Hell, even if it's remote, like if you're doing college remotely, they might still have a working student program. Look into it. They have apprenticeships. They have internships. They have all kinds of, uh, sometimes they'll have a, like a B2B uh, university to business pipeline. Um, ask, you got to get yourself in there and ask, uh, where you can start as a college student. College students probably have the best, they're probably in the best position 
to get themselves uh, get it, the ball rolling for their career. Uh, but they got to start now. Like a lot of times they just wait until they get their degree and they're like, oh, I can't get a job, you know, like get start now, right now. Um, now, if you happen to be, let's say if you forget the, the, the student, you're not a student no more. You're in the world. You're you're a, a healthcare professional. Um, you know more about HIPAA than I do. And HIPAA is one of the primary uh, laws that is used to protect patient data. That can get your foot in the door right there. I mean, that right there is huge. That's a huge step in the right direction. Now, you still have to learn all the basics of information technology, but you have a good foothold in that industry. If you happen to be in retail, did you know that all the times that you're taking people's credit cards, the whole system in the background is taking all that information, has to have, you have, to have something called PCI compliance. You can start learning a little bit about that. Um, see if you... Uh, see if you can get involved with their IT department. If they, everyone has one, it, Taco Bell has one, um, Walmart has one. Everybody has an IT department. Everyone um, start get see if they'll let you lateral do a lateral move over there. Or start learning shadow uh, shadowing somebody who already does it and in uh, whatever retail space you're in. You'd be surprised. Look at their career page. They might ha have something where they're looking for IT professionals at uh, TJ Maxx or whatever. And I'm being serious. It's not a joke. Like whatever, wherever, start where you are. That's what I'm telling you to do. And then once you get that money, right, you get that pay bump. Don't look. Listen, I know you want a better lifestyle. And I'm, I'm not telling you to. Uh, to not have a better lifestyle, but use some of that income to start building uh, some passive income streams. And if you don't know what that is, you might want to Google it. <laughs> you, you might want to Google that because it's important and they don't teach it in school. But I'm telling you right now, it's important to do it. This is not me trying to give. I don't have a course on passive income streams. All right. I've thought about it, but I don't have one. OK, I'm not trying to sell you anything. Right. Um, I'm just trying to tell you, like. If you don't know what passive income is, look it up. That's what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> um, it, it's a life changer. It's, it can change your life. So um, look into it. Um, let me see here. Getting some more comments and stuff. And I'm only going to do about an hour, guys. So I got about 30 minutes. I, I was on here earlier. I was doing one of my uh, Airbnbs. And now I'm, I'm here uh, to do the real work here. Okay, Susie says, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm sure I'm not. <laughs> After getting your CISSP, did you find some of the content helpful on the job or was it mainly a confidence booster currently studying for the exam and curious? I'm going to say something that you're probably not going to like. I'm going to say something that's probably controversial, but I'm going to tell you the, the truth. Um, the CISSP is so general that it really didn't, I can't say that it helped in, in any capacity. And I know that's not what you want to hear. You want to hear that there's a magic wand, that you take some certification and magical things happen. The magic was that everybody wants to hire me after I got the goddamn thing. That was the magic. <laughs> Um, there are certifications that I could say that were extremely technically useful that I saw the things I was using on that certification 
in real life, like things like the CCNA, um, Cisco certif certification, like those Cisco certifications are the real, they're the real deal, right? Um, what other certifications would I say were extremely useful? Uh, the Microsoft certification, the technical vendor level certifications doing their vendor level stuff is very, very useful. Qualys, like that was, that's not a big certification. It's not market, it's not, um, talked about but it's qualis is a, a scanner it's a network scanner and that stuff the stuff that i learned um that i had that that were on it was on the test that's the stuff that we were actually using uh at the organization i worked at so the vendor level certifications are very very much useful um i would say the security plus was very useful even though it's not vendor specific um security plus was useful because it was it, it's talking about stuff that you're gonna let me put it to you this way security plus is usually introduced to people who are fairly new in cybersecurity. so it opens up it it's kind of touching on many different things that you you might not have ever been introduced to and then for the first time right by the time you get to the cissp you've you've you kind of have some level of uh you've touched a lot of different security by the time you actually take the cert you take the cert and the way they word it how can i explain it without losing the cissp <laughs> the way that the way that they word it is like it's a comp it's what do they call it let me I'll put it to you like this. They'll ask you a question, and the hardest part is the answers. Because you'll have two answers you can kind of throw away, and then they'll have two answers that are both right, but one's more right than the other. That's hard. That's the hard part about the CISSP. Um, would I say it helped me? Not, I can't know. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing on there that I could say, yeah, that right there, That's that was on the... You know, I, I'm not quoting a CISSP. Like, it's not. I will say this: it's highly marketable. It's a, it's a great service. It changed my life. Um, as soon as I got it, people were like, "Oh, like, it was like I was a lawyer or some shit." It was like I had to pass the bar or something. I was, it's, it's, it single-handedly changed my life. You could probably get the CISSP and not have a degree. With some years, you got. Of course, you have to have experience, but you could probably. That damn thing is so effective. <laughs> It's so effective that as soon as you get it, like it, so many people hire you just to say they, oh, we have a CISSP on the board um, on, in our IT department. He's a CISSP you know, or whatever. Um, it, that said, you know, just because you have a CISSP doesn't mean you I magically know shit because there's a lot of dumbass CISSPs. You know, so I'm, I'm not I'm sorry I had to take the magic out of it. The magic is that you will get paid. And people will hire you. So that just, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, let me see. I just got my Security Plus uh, six months ago, but I'm still struggling to get a job. How much experience, concern, Jay, how much experience do you have? Because a certification alone is not, including the CISSP, is not enough to land you a job. They really, employers want a they want to see that you can do the work and and that requires in the 
best way to see that is via your experience. So wherever you can get experience, get experience. Um, there's been a lot of questions about what search should I get or, you know, I get a lot of those kinds of questions, but the question I get less of that should be asked is how do I get experience? That's a harder question for me to answer to for you, but also it's, it, <laughs> it's the best question because that's what they're really looking for. Not, not, I'm not saying you shouldn't have a security plus security plus is fire. CISSP, I just told you, if single-handedly changed my life, it's great. A degree is, a, you know, people are talking shit about degrees, but it's if you're doing technical work, you're going to be an engineer, you're going to be doing this for a while, a degree is important because it's the more, the longer you stay in this career path, the more competitive it gets. And uh, the degree is, is very competitive. So those search, those degrees, all a piece of paper, those are important. Right. There's important having your arsenal. Right. But it's like you're sharpening the blades. Uh, but the, the best thing you can have is experience. The best thing. That's that's the meat on the plate. Got to have experience. It's very, very, very important. So um, can't stress that enough. Right. Or wherever you can get it, you can get it in school while you're still in school. Wherever industry you're in, try to get it there. Wherever you can get experience that you can put something that you can put on your resume, on your profile to say, I did X, Y, and Z for this company. If you can do that, that's that's where the meat is at. You, yes, get the Security Plus. Yes, get the CISP. Yes, get cloud certifications. Yes, all that, right? But those are just tools in your arsenal, right? You got to be able to wield the sword, and that's where the skill set comes in. Uh, let me see. Uh, got more questions, comments, complaints on here. How long should I stay in corporate? I just started my career in big tech. Um, it depends on what your ultimate goal is. I would say stay, ride that gravy train as long as you need to. <laughs> ride that gravy train. As far as it'll take you, make them fire you. Keep collecting that check and then use that check to uh, brick by brick build something bigger um, for yourself and for your family. Um, as long as you need to, brother. Um, use it to build your own corporation. Use it to build your nest egg, your 401k. Use it to, especially if they're doing like that shit where they say, okay, if you put a dollar in, we'll put $3. Yes, do that shit. Like, it, like you ride that gravy train as far as it'll take you. <laughs> uh, let me see here. Let me see. Um, uh, let's see. I got some more. Questions, comments, complaints here. Um, do you have a step-by-step how-to uh, be an ISO course? I do. If that's what you're looking for, you came to the right man. Because that's exactly what I have. I have, I have a course specifically for ISOs. I'm glad you asked that question. Because that brings us to um, a commercial break. This is brought to you by... Risk Management Framework. 
Issel. This is what the course is called. And, and this is a book, by the way, that I wrote. This is coming directly from my own personal experience. Um, I tell you in plain English what this job entitles, how to, and specifically from the, from the perspective of an information system security officer, how to do this work for risk management framework, NIST 800. I've got two books. One focuses on the NIST 837 and one focuses on the NIST, NIST 853. Um, I, I remember talking to one of my peers and I was telling him, hey, man, you know, I was trying to get him in on with me to write books and stuff. Like, man, we've got these course and I, I, could, you, I want you to help me build it. And he says, man, why would, why would people pay for something that they can get for free? You can get this for free. All this shit here is for free on the Internet. But when you read it, it sounds like just go read it. You'll see for yourself what it sounds like. When I first started learning this stuff, I was like, what the fuck? What, what am I reading here? What is what it doesn't tell you what you're supposed to do? Um, it does, but it takes 15 past to Sunday to get to the point. What I'm doing is getting straight to the point and telling you from my experience. In the Department of Defense and a couple other federal organizations, exactly what you need to do, where you need to focus on, and, and where to not waste your time. That's what I'm doing. So it's from the perspective of somebody who's done it before, and um, I'm telling you how it is. So, And then once you read this, all the other shit will make more sense. So yes, I do have a course. It's out there right now. Go to convocourses.net. I've got a bunch of discounts that you can use. Um Huge, huge, just you got to go through it. There's lots of stuff that's out there. Huge discounts have been putting out over the years. And if you can't afford it, you can just get this book right here. Um, I got two of them, and um, that's on Amazon. It's also on my site, and uh, it'll, it'll walk you through it. It's just stuff I wrote that I wish somebody would have told me when I first started doing this stuff and, and explains it in a way that's just straight to the point. Like, here's what you need to do. Then do this. Don't worry about this. Focus on this. That's what the book is about. That's what the course is about. I hope that helps. Um, what do you recommend to leverage your existing salary? Credit. Now, I know Dave Ramsey is not going to agree with this, but credit. Other people's money. Um, leverage your, your existing salary. Couple things, couple things. It's a great fucking question. So listen, couple things I use. Credit. Manage your credit. I'm not telling you if you can't manage your credit, if you have no discipline, do it. Don't do not do it. Go watch Dave Ramsey. Listen to everything he says. Put money in an envelope and pay everything with that shit. Right. But if you can, if you have restraint, right, you're not gonna go buy a Lamborghini. With the money that the bank gives you uh, and you're trying to build a legacy, you're trying to build something for your kids and your family, credit, loans, shit like that. Um, business credit. You can you can make you don't even have to use your own personal credit if you have an LLC, if you have a business, if you have a bank account that has money going into it. Oh, after about two years, they'll give you a loan based off of that LLC. That's based off your bid. They'll give you money from your bid to they'll give your business money and it doesn't mess with your own personal credit. But yeah, that's one thing I use is credit, 
loans, stuff like that, other people's money. And then I use my high salary to pay that debt down or manage that debt effectively. So that's one thing you can use. And if you're doing real estate, you basically have to use other people's money. So um, another thing I do, I've done before, not doing it currently, uh, but I, if I had the opportunity, I probably would, uh, is uh, over, it's called overemployment. So what you do is you just get two jobs. If you work from home, you can work two jobs. You can have one part-time job and one full-time job, or two part-time jobs. Or you can you could do uh, what a lot of IT guys do is they just hop from um, they'll do what's called 1099s. They won't be a full-time employee. They'll just jump from contract to contract to contract and do like three months here, four months here, nine months here at these different companies, and sometimes do them at two at a time. And doing that shit, you can make two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars easy doing that. You know, so um, that's another way you can leverage your your existing salary. Another thing is uh, uh, do do uh, so have a side hustle, side incomes. Um, this is something I've been doing for many, many years. It's my favorite thing to do. And it's stuff like this. This is a side hustle. It does pretty good. It does pretty good. It does all right. You know, I'm not rich or anything i mean look where i'm at you know what i'm saying <laughs> but uh it does okay you know um what else do i do i mean that's pretty much it um loans credit uh making sure i maintain my credit and build and using other people's money to do the bank's money to do what i need to do and managing that money with my salary right um that's one thing i do uh and then Overemployment I do from time to time, right? I'm not really a fan of it these days because I really need my time for me and my family, my kids and everything. Um, and then the other thing is side hustles. That's that's what I do to leverage, to use to I use my salary to build uh to there's a lot of leverage you can use. You can these tools are very, very useful, very, very, very useful. Uh, let me see. Dwart says, "Can you work two jobs if you're if you if you have a secret clearance?" Um, it's it's not it's not so much about the secret clearance. It's about um, it's about the agreement you have with the company. So it depends on the agreement you have with the company. Some companies are very strict and say, "Look." It, you agree to work with us eight hours a day. Uh, there's a couple things. Okay, let me let me back out a little bit. Number one, you cannot have a conflict of interest. All right, you can't have a con. Meaning, <laughs> you can't work for Lockheed Martin and Northrop Grumman for this for for competing contracts or some shit like. You can't you can't work for this company and it's competing with this company and they're on the same contract or something like you can't have conflicts of interest you can't what's a what's a real good example of a conflict of interest um <sighs> look you can't have a conflict of interest that's all i'm going to say about it you can't don't do it it's illegal you don't do it it's just not worth it um and then sometimes the organization that you're working for will flat out say look we want you to work eight hours and that's what you're supposed to do. You're going to work eight hours for them. But that 
they can't f- stop you from working some hours on the weekends. If it's Saturday and Sunday is yours, they don't own you. Am I right or wrong? They do not own you. Even if you have a secret, top secret claim, it doesn't matter. They don't own you. You're your you're a human being. Like you have rights. <laughs> they don't. So, you know, after hours, they don't own you. You could work after hours. Now, you can't work during their time, um, during their, you know. So the secret clearance doesn't say that you cannot work for anyone else, right? It just says you cannot share, divulge information that they've, that's sensitive, you know. So that's what, don't do that, you know. So, um, yeah, yeah, it doesn't. A secret clearance doesn't doesn't matter in that in that regard. You can still be over, um, uh, overemployed, but don't have a conflict of interest. Don't do not do it. Like you can't. Will be a conflict of interest. Like if you work for the government as a GS, and then you also work as a contractor on the same contract, that's probably a conflict of interest. Stuff like that, or you. Two competing companies where one they have one has this special sauce and this one has a special sauce. And then you don't want to do stuff like that. Right. It's just. You might get yourself in some legal trouble if you do something like that. They're very clear with you. And some companies, what you can do. The company I'm currently working for, they said, look, if you work for another company, just let us know. They say, look, we can't stop you from working for this other company. Now, you can't work during the hours we want you to like if you're working for us, we're not expecting you to be using our lap, our stuff to work on theirs. No way. Um, This is our stuff. You know, you work on our time. If you clock eight hours, you're working for us. Right. That's understood. That's what this contract you're signed. So um, they just said the company I'm working for is like, look, just let us know. You know, that's that's it. Just let us know. Um, And they you know, they can't stop you. Um, let me see. What other questions do we have here? Um, somebody said, what if you know how to, what if I know how to build computers? Um, that's a really great first step. Um, I've got a little course, a free course about this, where I talk about the levels that I, that, uh, to help you understand, to help people understand where they have to go to get from point A to point B. And I say, the first step is to become a geek. That means to get interested in computers, learn everything you can about it, learn a common body of knowledge. And so, yeah, become a geek. Learn, take computers apart, put them together. But you that's only one aspect of it, right? You need to learn networking. You should probably learn a little bit about cloud technology. You should probably learn a little bit about networking technology. Maybe mess around with a little bit of scripting or code. Uh, there's a lot of different aspects of IT to learn. Frameworks is a, is a really good one to learn. Start learning the common body of knowledge beyond just building computers. Like learn the whole landscape. That's cool that you know what mountains are, but like what about valleys? What about rivers? What Learn the whole, lap, the whole map of how this, ma- this landscape works from a distance, like how all this is laid out, how people are using information technology. That's kind of, you want to have a bird's eye view of how all this works. And that's the common body of knowledge. Something that all of us have, regardless of whether you are a, a, a software engineer or a database guy or a help desk person or a cybersecurity person, all of us have some idea 
of how IPs work. All of us have some idea of how what's a server versus a workstation. All of us have some idea of what cloud technology is. All of us know the comp, the layout, the lay of the land. So you still have to know that piece. Now you might be a master of building computers. You could run circles around me with run of building computers. I've built a computer in many, many years, but that's not the only thing that you have to learn, right? The whole map. So from geek, I talk about going to trying to land your uh, uh, your first job. From there, uh, from geek to getting your first job, now you're talking about possibly going to school, possibly getting yourself a certification. A plus certification would be something you would probably kill, you know, because that's it's it's all about. Uh, how computers, the components work and the how software works, the, the components, all that kind of stuff. Um, so from landing your first job now, let's say you you actually get that uh, technical support job and you you I talk about how to go from there to do um, to do a specialization. Cybersecurity is the one that I talk about. What kinds of things as an IT professional do you need to know to get in the door of a cybersecurity type job? So that's the kind of stuff I talk about. But building computers is one aspect of it. And that's a great aspect to start with. I would recommend you look at the common body of knowledge in uh, CompTIA A+, especially if you're very, very new to IT. Um, I'm taking AWS Solution Architect exam on Monday. Oh, man, that's awesome. I've been thinking about doing AWS um, I have not had time. I would really like to. Um, I'm working on my CCNA next month. CCNA is no joke. I like it. Um, somebody says, I have a CISSP and master trying to find a job, but people want experience. Yeah, uh, experience is super important. Um, things to what can you do to get experience? It depends on where you're at. Like, if you're a student, maybe what you could do is go to your campus, go to your college campus, and and at, see if you can get on their IT team. Um, don't be beneath. Uh, don't say that you know help desk is beneath you. Like, do it. That's experience. Get in there and fix some computers. Get in there and, and uh, image some computers. Uh, do laptops. Fix laptops. Um, figure out how to, the laptop connects to the network. Put that on that experience on your resume. Uh, try to be a working student if you still have a connection with your school. Even if it's a remote school, you'd be surprised. They Sometimes they need help uh, with their equipment that's out there in the field. Um, you could you could do freelance work and start your own. Um, if you if you know a lot, your CISP. If you know a lot about a certain thing, a lot of CISPs are a mile deep in like one or two things. Take that skill set, whether it's scripting or running scans or building networks or whatever you do, whatever you are professional on. Be it do freelance work for local companies or organizations. Find some organizations. Um, the E, like if you, if you have a church, you go to a church or some kind of other local community, whatever it is, um, interface with them and try to see if you can do work for them. Do it for free. If you can like do 
do work for some organization so you could put that on your resume. Another thing you can do, one thing Ryan brought up that I is like I just didn't think of it all this whole time, but join some a, an organization called the ISSA. So this is a local every, they have local chapters everywhere. In almost every major city, they have uh, a local chapter. And this organization, they meet like monthly. And it's a bunch of information system security people and IT professionals, system admins, help desk people, captains of industry, uh, CEOs are there, CIOs are there, um, chief information security officers are there. You name it, they're there. And they all meet about once a month in a city, in the city, in whatever city you happen to be in. And they're talking about uh career paths if you have a cissp hell they sometimes they have jobs there you know um and ways to get experience you could talk to some of the old heads there and say look man i'm trying to get in this field i've got a cissp i got a master's degree i'm i specialize in writing scripts how can i get experience like what do i have to do to get experience for this field the issa is the information systems security association they have one in every single state they have one in almost every city. Well, not probably not in every city, <laughs> every major city, but every state has one. And I think there's even some in other countries. So look that up and try to network with those people, because with with all of your your pedigree of of uh, prestigious papers, you should be able to land yourself a job. If nothing else, an internship or something. Um, somebody said create projects and post them on GitHub. That's another way to do it. Like you, if, especially if you know like uh, Python or something, or if you know uh, any kind of so software uh, projects, put that on GitHub and you can put that on your resume. So it's, there's a lot of different ways to do it. Uh, depends on where you're at. Um, somebody says I have a portfolio with five complex cloud projects. How can I get into the field? Any tips? Hmm. How could you get into? A lot of times when people say this to me, it's usually it's it's usually experience and their resume. It's one of the two things. It's usually one of those things that are stopping them from getting their foot in the door. Um, pretty clear. It's usually one of those things. They send me their resume and I look through it and. It's usually one of those things. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say, but um, how could you do it? Um, I, I, I think you've got to continue to build out your as much experience as you can. Right. It's and that's it's hard. I mean, it's it's difficult because it's the that's where the real rubber meets the road. That's where the the real meat is at is your experience it's the hardest part you got to talk to people it's hard you know uh you've got to get out there you got to network um so like i said uh try you could try the local issa chapter i mean they they've they've got a whole bunch of people you can network with and figure something out i mean you have cloud experience do you have any certifications uh, that might help you out? Uh, if you don't have one, maybe maybe try to get some uh, some certifications uh, under your belt. That's that's one thing you could try. Um, 
Let me see. Oh, Ryan, how you doing, man? He says, I'm presenting on uh, on election security on February 28th at Pikes Peak uh, ISC2 chapter meeting. That's awesome. And so these are the kinds of people you want to network with, cybersecurity professionals, IT professionals who are out there. They have this in your area. LinkedIn, one of the hidden gems of LinkedIn is that if you go there, there's a bunch of forums in your local area. There'll be a bunch of meetings, a bunch of forums, a bunch of people presenting, a, a bunch of sometimes they'll have like job fairs that are local to you. Uh, join those groups. Join some of those groups. And, and a lot of times people are trading jobs back and forth. Another pretty good resource um, is is Reddit. Uh, Reddit might have some pretty good uh, resources for you as well. Um, Reddit has a lot of professionals who are talking back and forth, and it's a good way to network with uh, like-minded people who are in the same position um, and uh, finding finding out new stuff that's, that's kind of bubbling up in the industry. Uh, let me see here. I got some other stuff going on here, and I'm going to end this real soon, guys. I appreciate all the people jumping on here. Um or can I find your book? Go to Amazon, type Bruce Brown uh, Combo Courses. You'll find a bunch of my books. Um, Risk Management Framework is just one of them. Um, another place you can look at is uh, ConvoCourses.net, where you'll also see uh, free stuff. Ryan's got a free book. I put I linked his on there. He's got a free book, book that uh, is walking you through um, how to study for the ISC2 um cgrc uh formerly the cap um, governance risk and compliance certification so we've got free stuff discounted stuff on there the, at the end of the day what we're trying to do is help people to make your life easier to get into this field stay in this field and level up if you are already are in this field um let me see emmanuel says let me see this one Emmanuel says, um, which MOS will you advise a 25 Bravo or a 25 Hotel to start uh, for a start in cybersecurity? 25 Bravo. I thought that was I thought that was an IT guy. 25 Bravo is a is in the Army MOS. Ryan, Ryan's Army. He might be able to answer this. Ryan, what do you think about this question here? Um Emmanuel's asking which MOS you would advise a 25 Bravo um, to, to uh, for a start in cybersecurity. Ryan, Ryan says uh, 25 Bravo is a great start. Yeah, that is a great start because that's an IT. Yes, and that's an IT specialist, as a matter of fact. So that is a great start. Um, don't <laughs> don't do that. What are you doing? <laughs> okay, I'm I'm wrapping it up. I'm wrapping it up. <laughs> um, um, let me see. I'm I'm gonna stop this thing. I'm gonna answer one more question. Uh, Ryan Ryan's taking care of Emmanuel. He says, uh, get a network plus or security plus ASAP. That's a great that's great security plus. I would highly recommend a security plus. Um. Oh boy. Okay, I think it's time. I'm, I just okay. One more question. Okay, one more question. 
Um, okay, I got a bunch of Army guys jumping on here, giving great advice on TikTok. Um, do I have experience with overlays? A bit, a bit. 25, uh, 25 Delta, 17 Charlie, 25 Bravo, you locked in for six years. So, man, I've got a lot of Army guys on here. <laughs> Uh, highly uh, and highly transferable to civilian sector. Okay, that's where we're going to end this. So 25 Bravo, let me tell you something. If you're 25 Bravo, and uh, they have an equivalent for this in every branch of the military. Um, I believe the the Air Force, they changed it. I, it, it used to be uh, three char... Um, oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. They changed it. It used to be called a three... C uh three Charlie three Charlie man my brain three Charlie three C O X one that's what it was three C three C O X one that's what it used to be called but it's no longer called that so I don't know what they call it these days a three Delta or something seventeen Delta I don't remember but every branch has a twenty five Bravo equivalent and it's an IT professional and somebody on TikTok nailed it so he said that. It is highly transferable to the civilian world, and he is absolutely right. So I was a, I'm an old head. So when I was in the Air Force, it was called a, a three Charlie, um, a three COX one is what we called it, and a computer operator. Um, same thing as a, a 25 Bravo. And uh, I was the thing is, and I don't know how they do it in the Army. And the Army has really sharp IT guys. Um, especially the warrant officers, very impressive. But the thing is, the Air Force will specialize you in certain things. Like you, you would a, an, a computer operator. You would, you could narrow down into um, firewalls. You could go into network engineering. You could go into um, so, uh, not software engineering. That was a completely different field. But uh, you could databases you could focus on one kind of one area and especially and once you got out i mean you had certifications uh if you put the the effort in you could you had a degree listen if you have if you have a year or more left i would highly highly recommend you get a degree cuz look all of the training all the way back to boot camp all the way back to uh boot camp is is uh gonna go towards your degree all of those you have some credits there that are transferable to your degree so you're probably only a few points away maybe six credits maybe 10 credits away from an associate's degree once you get the associate's degree you're you have maybe what is it 60 more credits to or i want to say 60 more credits and then you have a bachelor's degree that may sound crazy, uh, like a lot of work, but it's actually not that much work. It's a few classes, maybe not a few, maybe 10. Look, it's going to be some work, but you could get out with a bachelor's degree within a year. You can be within arm's reach of a bachelor's degree. So at the very least, get an associate's degree because literally that's like two classes away. If you have one year left in the military and you are a 25 Bravo, hell, if you whatever MOS you're in, listen, get your damn degree. 
just get just get the damn degree. It's all, all you got to do is go to um, they've got a, a unit on base. I don't know what the army calls it, but there's a unit on base that you can go to. They'll tell you exactly. They have a counselor. They'll break down. They'll take all the credits you already have. They'll say, listen, you went to boot camp. That's six credits. You went to 25 Bravo school. That's you've got 20, 30 credits for that. Right. And of these 40 credits you have, you can apply 25 of them to this associate's degree. You only need two classes. This is what they're going to tell you. You only need two classes. You need one in math and you need one in history and you need one. And basically you can clep your way out of it. Clep is a test. You can just take a test and then they'll give you sort they'll give you credits and then bam, you have a degree. Just get, just do it, man. And then <laughs> it's more, put it to you this way. It's more money. Do you, if you want more money, then just do it. Just, just go through this little bit of process that you have to do. Let them take your transcripts from the military, consolidate them. And it's going to, it's you're going to boost up your, your income by like 20, 15 to 25% when you get out of the military. Um, and then also what Ryan said, security plus. Let's get get a certification. And now you have experience, you have a degree, and you have a certification. And you're very, very deadly. You're you're very competitive. Uh very competitive. It's hard out here. It's hard out here on the outside, man. They don't just magically give you stuff here. Like you gotta work for this shit. <laughs> but if the, the good news is uh you're in a place where you can really sharpen some swords and come out swinging. All right, that's it, guys. I got to get off of this thing. I appreciate everybody. Remember what I said, like use this as a stepping uh, a stepping stone. Like use this as this is one step. You got to go to the next step, whether that's to level up your career, to make big money as a, as a director and retire with a bunch of 401k money or use this money to go start a business uh, use this money to to uh, invest in real estate. You use it to build up passive income streams because you can't do this forever, guys. Like you cannot do this forever. I know if you're if you're 30 or you're 20, you think, oh, I'm gonna. You just don't even think about it. You think you're gonna live forever, man. Then you start seeing your friends die. <laughs> I'm not trying to bring you down or anything, but I'm just telling you, like, life has an expiration date. And you got to start thinking about, okay, what, what's my plan? What am I trying to do? Like what you can use this field as a way to go to another level and, and level up your family too and the people you love. So just some words of, of advice from an old guy. Um, I hope some of you guys, I hope at least one of you guys listen to what I'm saying because <clears throat> it can change your life. All right, guys, I'll talk to you guys on the next week. Give me some suggestions on what we should talk about next. Um, sometimes I just get on here and ramble. So, all right, guys, talk to you later.